everybody. We got something really exciting for you. Another Swim Run 101 episode. This one focused all about the solo swim run, what you need to know. And we brought in the master himself, Adrian Cameron, solo swim runner extraordinaire, to give you all the tips and tricks on how to do it the right way. Welcome to the Low Tide Boys, a swim run podcast. I'm Chip. I'm Chris, and this is episode 168 of the show. As Chipper mentioned, we have yet another edition in our Swim Run 101 series. This one all about solo racing, and we asked Adrian Cameron, who's one of the most experienced solo race mm-hmm. solo swim runners in the U.S. and a good friend of ours, um, to basically give us the lowdown. And and we hear you. We we want to give content for everyone, and a lot of people ask, "Hey, well, you guys talk a lot about team stuff, but not a lot of solo stuff." Well, here you go. Here you go. And I will say for myself, we go we talk about this in the interview. Like I was actually, it changed my view on solo swim running. Um, whereas to me, it was just like, "Well, why would I want to do that?" I have a teammate, I have a partner that I mm-hmm. do all my races with, and we have a lot of fun together. But after listening to this, I found it really interesting, and, and you know, kind of piqued my interest in a different way than I than I expecting. Yeah, absolutely. It's just another way to enjoy the same sport that that we that we enjoy already, uh, and that's from the team point of view. But if you if you are a, a triathlete or a trail runner or a swimmer, and you've you've heard about swim run, you found this episode. Uh, we know some of it is a big hurdle for people to to go in and, and find a teammate that is around you know, the same swim and run pace that they are. And, and that's too much for people to take on for this race. So the slow option is, is a great option for people. And we're trying, trying to help you, uh, help you along here and think about some things that you might need to consider for your next swim run adventure. So yeah. without right further ado, let's jump in our conversation with Adrian Cameron, solo swim running. You can have a singing solo now, Chris. Singing solo. solo. <laughs> we need to insert guitar solo. It's all about okay. Never mind. <laughs> That's not making the cut. <laughs> okay, Adrian Cameron, stud swim runner, one of the best solo swim runners in America. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to geek out on some swim runs. <laughs> Yeah, we know we can well, count on you. Place in town. <laughs> <laughs> we know we can count on you for for some geeking out. So, you know, in this episode, what we're doing is sort of like a beginner's guide to solo swim running, which is formative for us because we've never done it. But you are one of the most experienced solo swim runners in America. You've won a bunch of these races that are, you know, basically the races that are available in the U.S. You've either raced them or won them or participate, you know, anything or you know about them. Uh, super experienced swim runner. But before we get into sort of the meat and potatoes of this, I'm just curious, like. You're a stud athlete. I mean, I, I can talk about your resume all day. D1 swimmer at Florida, great triathlete. Like, what was it about swim run and what caught you? Uh, you know, how, how, I guess, how, short version, like, how'd you catch the swim run bug based on all your experience? Yeah. So, I mean, I've never been uh, the best cyclist. This definitely was my weakness as a triathlete. Hmm. Um, and I am a pretty active member on the Slow Twitch forum community. Uh, and Herbert Crable has, you know, been over there for a long time and he would yeah. always publish stuff about swim run and sea and, uh, have some really great, you know, photo galleries of other swim runs over the last couple of years. And like, I always been wanting to go wanting, like, it's like, that looks awesome. And then like it came to pace Bend, which is like 20 minutes away from my house. So I was like, perfect. Gotta do it. 
Yeah. Just like that, huh? And, and so, mm-hmm. so that first race experience must have been pretty transformative because you've done a bunch of storm runs since. And I mean, you're super stoked on it. Yeah. I mean, actually, the first thing, uh, Lars ran a, um, like a training session uh, for everyone, kind of a shakeout, like course preview at Pace Bend that was like two months or so before the race, or maybe just a one month before the race. Mm. And there was a lot of people there. And it was some, some people there that um, I didn't expect to be there, like some people I'd seen from the triathlon yeah. community and stuff. And um, like we pretty much did like the big inner loop of the course there that's contained within Pace Bend Park. And it was just a ton of fun. And uh, well, you like, know, yes. that actually reminds okay. me, Tripper. Um, so before, this would have been in 2020 then, huh? Yeah. So before yeah. we knew Cameron, he was in our Strava Club and, and, we saw that that I mean I saw that 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 you did this this shakeout this sort of testing the course oh, out right. all this yeah. stuff yeah that's right I remember that just jumped into your DMs and we did that that addendum, addendum to the course to the course because <laughs> Lars inevitably had changed it from what he put on the site <laughs> and and once he had people on it then he decided to to mix it up a little bit and that's when you came in so you've you've heard Adrian's uh, voice uh, on this show. A few oh, times before, yeah, t- over two years ago, yeah. So, so that's that's how we got yeah. connected, and then, um, and then, yeah. I mean, so, so one way we thought we could organize this conversation on sort of one hundred and one for solo swim running is kind of starting out with what can you expect from a solo swim run? Like, what's the vibe? What's the experience? You know, all that. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's that much different um, than being part of a team. I mean, everyone's very welcoming and everyone's super chill. And even though us at kind of the pointy end of the field are very competitive, it's like super friendly and just like everyone just wants to see what, what they can do that day. Like, it's not like there's, there's nobody throwing elbows. There's nobody climbing over anybody in the water. It's, it's super friendly. It's super respectful and, uh, just a lot of fun. So, um, there is maybe a little bit more chaos, uh, I guess, as a solo, because you don't, um, you know, people are, get a little bit more spread out, uh, you know, you're, you, but you can also, uh, you know, don't be afraid as a solo athlete to kind of use a, use a team as, you know, you can draft off a team. They can't really do anything about it. If they don't like you there in the back, you know, it's swim hard away from you or, <laughs> or deal with it. So, um, you know, I would, that's one thing, you know, don't feel like you're out there by yourself just because you're a solo athlete. Like you can, there's groups will form, you know, if there's a team that's going about your speed, you know, don't, uh, don't be afraid to latch on a little bit, uh, you know, be a third wheel. Yeah. Similar to kind of the tactics that we see sometimes in, in pro triathlon, especially at the Hawaiian Ironman and things like that, these sort of packs or, or groups do form in, in the different disciplines, whether it be the swim. I mean, especially in the swim, you'll, oh, here's the front pack sort of thing. So is that something, uh, you know, tactically, I guess, that you try to kind of uh, associate yourself with different packs during the race and, and try to keep keep near a same group? Or are you just, uh, you're off to the races by yourself without any... A consideration what everyone else is doing so i kind of have two general tactics that i use um for the longer swim runs and that's like casco and orcas um i tend to sit back and let's see who who feels really strong and who really wants to go out hard um 
and then see, you know, can they hold that pace? There's been uh, every year I've done Casco, there's been somebody just fly off the front. And I'm like, <laughs> hmm, that, that seems a bit hot uh, for a pace <laughs> for a four to five hour race. Um, like, let's see if they come back well, once we hit the water. Yeah. And usually they do. Um, for the shorter races like Mackinac and Pace Bend, um, I tend to want to go out hard. I want to pull those, I want to make those runners make a move. Since my strength is in swimming, I kind of want them to have to respond early and go, oh, uh, there's somebody, you know, who maybe I better run a little harder, mm -hmm. uh, make sure I'm with them. And then, you know, let's, and then I want to see what they got in the water. Um, cause there's a lot of people, a lot of people out there can run faster than I can. Um, but once we hit the water, it's a different story. And I think that can make some of those folks who are real, real good runners still panic, uh, when they hit the water and somebody just disappears, um, it can be a little bit intimidating. So, um, yeah, it, it's but like it's, it can also be fun. Warfare as a, Same with the team aspect as well. But yeah. What I hear you talk about, Adrian, is like understanding if, if you're new to, to swim run and you're kind of approaching your first race, I hear you, Chris and I know very well, very intimately that you're a, you're a uh, world-class swimmer to say the least. So you're really leaning into your, to your strengths. So I, uh, if I'm, if I'm starting out and this is my first swim run and I'm soloing it, take a, take an inventory, like out of the swim and the run, where, where do you feel like you can really excel or push if that's what you're looking to do? If, if that's your, your goal is, is to push and, and to get the best performance and where, um, you, you don't have strengths and that's where you might want to rely on, on the, on a pack or more of that, that drafting scenario is, is that something you feel is accurate? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, if, you know, if you feel like you need some help in the swim, um, find somebody to draft off of. Uh, if you feel like you need some help in the run, you know, find somebody to pace off of. Um, not so much drafting on the run, but uh, yeah. a little bit. Uh, but, you know, uh, especially, you know, thinking of uh, like orcas where there's just a colossal mountain to run up, um, you know, having someone else there to pace off of a little bit can really be uh less mentally taxing because you're like, Oh, somebody else is, is walking and you will have to walk up Mount constitution a little bit. Um, it's, it's, there's spots where you have to hike and you can't really run and seeing other people there doing that, uh, there's going slow. So you feel like it's okay. Like you go slow. Don't, don't press it too hard. Uh, you know, use other people. Uh, there's always a lot of chatter at the beginning of the race, you know, ask somebody next to you, have they done that? race course before like and if so maybe key off of their pacing a little bit um you know they may know like when it's time to hit it hard or when it's time to go easy or you know uh not to go out a little too spicy so um you know don't be afraid to ask uh the person or the team next to you like have you done it before and then like what what to expect and that kind of stuff yeah, I mean, I think that goes back to what you mentioned previously of just everyone super welcoming i mean the the vibe from everything we've seen from the solo racers is the same as team racers, right? Yeah. We're all in this together. Everyone extends a hand for anyone in need, whether you're in first place, last place, doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Which is, which is, you know, one of the reasons why we love it, one of the reasons why you love it, why this is a whole, you know, we're preaching in the choir. Um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit on, on, like, how do you approach training, and especially, like, you know, from the beginner perspective, like, let's say someone signs up for, for Austin Pace Bend, what advice would you give a solo swimmer who this is their first event? 
on the training side of things? Uh, so if you've never done a swim run before, um, you know, I would start trying to get in some swimming and some running on the same days. So mm. what, what I tend to do swimming wise is I tend to swim in the morning, uh, so that I get it done and don't have other stuff, you know, uh, get in the way work or whatever, get it done before I go to work. But on those days, I usually also try to run like in the afternoon, like right before dinner or, or maybe in the evening or something like that. And I think even if it's not too big workouts, um, it's helpful uh, to have your body get used to those different, uh, the different stimulus of running and swimming, and then, you know, try to bring those closer together. So instead of doing it like early and then late, try to bring them closer together to where you're doing like swim run bricks. So that's how I would kind of progress that. Um, another thing you can do, uh, is if you have access to a treadmill and some stretch cords, you know, you can put together a little circuit for yourself, run a mile on a treadmill, jump off, do 50 reps of the stretch cords. Um, and then maybe extend that, uh, you know, a lot more, um, you know, most people are not going to be like jumping into a lap pool and then jumping right out onto a treadmill or something like that. That's not, <laughs> not very practical, but, um, you know, a lot of people have access to a treadmill. Everybody can probably buy a, a pair of stretch cords. They're a great workout for days that you're not in the pool. Yep. So, you know, do that, uh, do that kind of circuit. Um, and, you know, maybe even just, uh, if you don't have stretch cords, you can do, uh, some time on a treadmill and then jump off the treadmill and do some upper body work. Even if it's push-ups, pull-ups, things like that, do some rows, like get used to your body having to go back and forth between using your legs to run and then using your, your arms to swim. So, uh, just keeping up that cycle yeah. until you feel comfortable that you can, you know, swim run for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours. Um, you know, if you're looking to do the short course or a race, and and then on the on the transition piece, obviously the solo category has a lot more. It's a lot simpler, right? There's not a whole other person you have to wait for before you can go <laughs> swimming or take off running, or yeah. you don't have the tether aspect there. So, how do you kind of uh, sharpen up your transition skills? Do you have any kind of specific uh, tips or anything uh, around that? Um, but it seems to be a lot easier uh, on solo. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know you can do some things. I think you guys have mentioned it before, like doing some, uh, like going to the pool and then maybe just jumping out of the pool or doing some, uh, some press ups at the end of the pool. Like that's good for your transition and stuff. Um, you know, maybe jumping out of the pool, doing some squats at the end of the pool while you still have your goggles on. Um, cause you might be taking a couple steps with your goggles on, you know, being used to that moving around. Um, making sure you can still see with whatever goggles you have on while you're out of the water. Um, and then, you know, standard stuff that everybody has to has to know, like have a good mount for your pool boy. So you're not like having to fidget with it when you get out, like you can stand up and it's not going to fall off your body. Like that's, that's what you want. You want to be able to stand up out of the water and not have to catch any of your gear. You want, you want it to be, you know, fastened to yourself so that you can get up and start running. These are some like super sneaky pro tips, by the way. This is like just the way he's describing it. I think yeah, I mean, he I, knows what he's great. doing. That's why that's why we brought him on. Yeah, like make sure your pool buoy doesn't fall off of you. Make sure it's taut enough where it's not going to fall off your it's, body. When yeah, you t- t- tidiness, it's tidiness there. 
Yeah. Um, and and then from I mean, I guess since we're we're sort of talking about gear, we can kind of transition tr- transition that piece. Obviously, you know the no pun intended. The uh, there you go. Yeah. Hey, look at that. <laughs> look um, at us. We you know the the gear is the same. The the paddles, the buoy, the shoes, the wetsuit. That that piece is the same. The only real thing you don't have is the tether, but you do have. Uh, most solo categories have now. If you're doing Odyssey race, they have a s- specific brand called a rest tube. Other places, you have to bring kind of like an inflatable tow float type of thing to for for safety purposes. But um, how do you kind of incorporate that into your equipment, or is there any other equipment that we're not considering that you would need for a solo category swim run? Sure. Uh, so yeah, the rest tube. You need to make sure that it works with your buoy. Um, you know, it, it goes around your waist just like your buoy probably will, uh, unless you're using a leg mount. Um, so make sure you can slide your buoy. Oh, I usually try to slide my buoy over the top of it so that it's kind of in that cutout where your leg goes on the buoy. Um, make sure that the belt for that rest tube is tight uh, and that you get the, you know, there'll be a lot of, uh, I guess, extra slack uh, on the belt once you tighten it up. Make sure that's fastened down well. Uh, even if it is fastened down well, you know, when I swim, I can feel it kind of flap a little mm-hmm. bit in the water. Um, and you don't want that. That's just drag. If you can feel something vibrating in the water, it's just dragging. So, costing uh, you precious milliseconds. Nice <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the rest tube has a whistle on it. So you don't necessarily need a whistle. Ah. Uh, it's a tiny bit of space. Um, but you will need your, your emergency bandage. Uh, I guess the other thing. Um, you know, if you think you need a backup of anything, like you have to carry it, you can't like distribute that between you and your partner. So maybe you and your partner need like one extra pair of goggles just in case. Well, if you think your goggles are going to fail, you need, you need to have it on yourself. So, um, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not, there's not the opportunity to lean, lean on the partner for, for help. Uh, so Chris is out cause, uh, or I'm out. I, I can't carry the. I'm apparently incapable of carrying the compression bandage. You've never carried <laughs> it. I've never carried it, so I don't know how I would approach it. Um, now, you have to be totally self-sufficient, so I don't think this is that. Well, this has happened to us, actually, but, you know, I've definitely had a bum a gel or two off Chris uh, a couple times when I was hurting, but uh, you have to be definitely prepared to be self-sufficient the whole time, so having your paddles marked up is probably a pretty key uh key thing to have the distances and, and everything on there um, unless you're committed at all to memory yeah yeah definitely one or the other if you can remember um, I tend to not want to write down uh, all the like distinct dif- uh, like very detailed distances um, I just kind of want a sense of like long short you know that kind of thing like mm. is it a mile is it three miles is it a five mile run you know is mm. it a short swim, 500 meters or less. Is it a medium swim about one K, you know, is it longer than that? Like I kind of, that's just what I want to know in my head so that I kind of am mentally ready for that length of effort. Okay. Yeah. I like that approach. And that's something we, we have, if you want to really go, if you want to double click on this uh, subject, we have a 201 paddle hieroglyphics episode. You can get, you can get the down and dirty on everything to write on your paddles, but I haven't heard this approach before. So you essentially know is this based on an effort of like a short short run would be a mile and you know is it is it to gauge the effort of, your, of what your output is or is it just to have a general yeah. sense of of what what's happening yeah it's a it's a bit of um 
you know, how, what do I need to paste this? Or, um, you know, it, let's say for example, at Casco Bay, we have a swim now, um, that we go from that, uh, that lighthouse, um, across, we have a fairly long swim and then there's like, you know, 25 yards of sand before we go yeah, to another bar. swim to, to Vail Island. You're talking about the Shark like, Cove swim. Yeah, Shark, shark Cove. S-word Cove. <laughs> S-word. Yeah. Um, so, like, you need to know that, like, that is basically a no, it's not really a run. It's a don't even try to pack up your pool buoy. It's just get your butt back in the water, you know, in 20 seconds. So, don't, uh, we actually lost at Casco Bay, we lost a good couple of seconds there um messing with uh pool boys my partner had to mess with his pool boy a little bit coming out of the water and it cost us a couple seconds and um you know i wish we because we were right on the wet socks feet and i was getting a good draft <laughs> i hated <laughs> losing that draft um and then i wanted to follow them around dale because they're so experienced going around dale um that we kind of lost that connection so um you know know those really short ones because maybe you can take it really easy on a really short uh segment because you're not going to lose a lot of time uh and it's a good time to maybe mentally relax or know that you know your equipment needs to be in in the right state uh or uh, even just knowing you know the general length of a run you can start to mentally prepare check your goggles check your paddles as you get towards the end of a run make sure your suit is zipped up i've made that mistake several times Yep. Uh, towards the end of a race, feeling hot, you just jump in the water and go, "Oh crap, I'm not zipped." So <laughs> it's funny how quickly uh, yeah. you get cold too. It's like I'm feeling hot, so I don't zip. It's like, "Oops, I'm cold now." No, I'm frozen. Zip now. up, baby. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think this is just incredible insight as someone who's never raced solo. And honestly, I wasn't even really curious about racing solo until this conversation because I can see how. You know, tactically, it's kind of a different thing. It's Whereas a different game, when Chipper like... and I race together, like our <clears throat> tactics have to be somewhat simpatico in order to have a successful race. But if you're racing solo, it's kind of up to you to just be a complete ridiculous person and totally blow up if you're not careful, or run a really smart race, understand the distances, understand what you're what you're what you're able to contribute on your own. I mean, it really gives you sort of a. To me, it would seem like a very different type of racing than racing as a team. Would you co-sign on that, Adrian? Yeah, and I think um, as a solo, you kind of need to be ready for more like kind of bursts and surges and stuff, especially, mm. you know, as you get towards the halfway point of the race, you really know who you're racing. Like the couple people around you that you're starting to trade back and forth with on the runs and the swims. Like, so, you know, if say there's somebody who's a lot faster swimmer than you, you need to be ready to kind of surge under their feet if they're going by you. Catch that draft if you can. Um, and maybe the same thing with a run. Like if, if somebody's surging past you on the run every time, you know, be ready with, uh, like a counterattack, like let them go by you, then kind of hold on. And maybe you hit the next transition area and they're like, Oh crap, there's somebody right behind me. You know, you kind of got the mental edge there then. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of that. Um, but you also, you gotta be sometimes prepared for a lonely day where you're out there all by yourself. Uh, you no, might not be around another team or something, and so you need to be mentally prepared for that. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, Orcas I, I, this past year was a long day, and I was by myself almost all day. Wow! So, you uh, start like talking to trees. Like, I'm sure if I was doing something solo, I'd just be like, "Hey, Chipper, wasn't that? Oh, wait, I'm not yeah. here. No, sorry." <laughs> yeah, talking there's to just parts of that forest, man. You walk, you you expect to like round the corner and see like an Ewok village or something. <laughs> That's 100 percent wild, and it's totally you're lonely. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, that's a pretty good transition to, uh, you know, what you consider, Adrian, would be good races for, for, for beginners. <laughs> Sounds like Orcas might not be uh, on that list. <laughs> well, the Orcas long course maybe not be on the list for beginners. It's but, um, you know, uh, Pace Bend and Mackinac Island are super beginner friendly. Um, I would say Mackinac was a little bit more challenging uh, because of all the stairs. And the water uh, is magnificently clear but there is some chop and it's a sideways it's kind of pushing you into the towards the shore the mm-hmm. whole time so that's something that you need to be able to fight um however if you're not a super confident swimmer you can see the bottom the whole time and that's the only race that i can say that so you can see the bottom you're never going to feel like you're you know in super deep water or anything like that the water's super nice um you're never super far from anything i guess on that island just like pace bend you're not you may feel like you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere for a little while, but you're you're less than a mile from the road at all times mm-hmm, uh, at yeah. Pace Bend. So, uh, Pace Bend is, is pretty friendly for beginners. Um, the only challenge there is, you know, some of the entries and exits, especially with how low the water is. Uh, it's, you know, are you confident scrambling up some rocks or something like that? But yeah. otherwise, um, both of those races, I think, are super beginner friendly. Right, we we agree with that, and. Um, Adrian, you're you're a great kind of use case on you know when we when Chris and I are thinking about how do how does swim run grow how do we get more people to do one I think the first natural place for anyone to go is look at like okay triathletes they know how to swim and they run and they like doing crazy shit swim run could be perfect for them so I'd love to hear a little bit about where does swim run fit in your overall kind of race calendar and how how do you kind of recommend or when you talk to other triathletes or other athletes. Um, how does how does swim run fit into their even if they're triathletes? How does swim run fit into their their race calendar, and what benefits could they get from it? Uh, so I mean, these days swim run is my primary. That's my primary thing. Oh, like I love it. Our hearts are warmed. <laughs> like it. I'm doing more swim runs in past couple of years than I am triathlons. Um, because uh, I only ride my bike like maybe once a week at the most. And so I don't really like showing up unprepared to races. So I, I don't, yeah. I don't plan on There's definitely no 73.3s in my future. Um, but I, I tend to like to do some of the you know, smaller local events anyway. Uh, but, um, you know, I think something that we used to have in Austin that we haven't had in a while, it was a really vibrant aquathlon scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aquathlon is an official like, you know, world triathlon event and it's either like a 1k swim, 5k run, or it's a 2.5k run, 1k swim, 2.5k run. It depends on if you, if you need a wetsuit, they do the just one run or one swim, one run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't have to transition that. Um, cause I guess they don't think people want to do the whole thing in a swim run wetsuit, but, uh, we used to have a good series here and I, I have seen a lot of the folks who used to be regulars at that series, um, show up at pace bend. Uh, so, you know, maybe a way to grow is having some of those smaller local events. Like this, this kind of stuff used to be like a Tuesday afternoon after work and it would, it's a, it was a 800 meter swim and a three K run. It's like a, 20 minute for the super fast guys it's 30 45 minutes at the most for the slowest folks so uh those kind of things that are just like do a little swim do a little run and then like people that really like it you go hey we have this you know th- these bigger events um 
So I mean, maybe there's something like that. I, I believe there. Are, uh, you've had some folks on before who've talked about like a sprint swim run uh, mm-hmm. that sounds very mm-hmm. similar. It was maybe like run swim run. Yeah, swim, you're talking run, about swim, the EX like swim run, which was I think one k one k run, six hundred swim, six hundred swim, one like one point five k to the finish, something like that. Yeah, it was one point five for anyway, something like that. Spicy. But yeah, super yeah. short. Ooh. They would do it in heats. Um, yeah, things like that. I think are really can get can get uh, people's like get get their foot in the door, going like, oh yeah, I, I like this, just swimming and running, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, generally you can get them done in smaller venues. You don't need to close down any roads. Um, so, I mean, I would love to see more of those kind of things come back. Yeah, I like that. All race directors, if you're listening, we just gave you the blueprint <laughs> for free. Easy. <laughs> for sure. Um, well, you know, I think I think this is super interesting. And like I, like I just said a little while ago, I honestly had never considered doing a solo swim run just because it's just not my thing or – but it wasn't my thing because we hadn't had this conversation. I, I didn't see it from like, um, it's just a different challenge. And this is mm-hmm. something when we did Austin um, this past year that a friend of ours, Phil, one of the monks, he raced solo for the first time and he was saying how interesting it was. And I guess I didn't pick up on it until this conversation is like, I can see why it's just a different way to sort of experience the sport. And um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a different challenge than you would from, from a team perspective, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh same sport, just slightly different. Uh everybody's out there together anyway. So I mean it's everybody's having fun. Yeah, and yeah. At, at the end of the day you're all still yeah, all still high fiving at the end and no one cares if you did solo or, or did it uh <laughs> did it exactly. slog, tied together with a cinder block. As long as you do it. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Um but we're we're always happy to see Adrian a couple times a year, at least. Definitely. It's always a good time. Definitely. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for taking the time. We hope folks listening found this super helpful. Send us DMs if you have any questions. Um, yeah, and let us know what other Swim Run 101 content you want to have on the show. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, guys. I'll, I'll see you guys at, at Casco Bay. You shall. You, you better believe it. <laughs> All right. See you, man. All right. Take it easy. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review since that's the best way to help other people discover the show and the support of Swim Run. Sign up for a newsletter at lowtideboys.com. That's boys with a Z. And check out our meme page at the Low Tide Boys on Instagram. If you have any suggestions for the show or questions for us, send us a DM or an email at lowtideboys at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Riding Easy Records for our show music and, of course, our wives for their support and tolerance of all our swim run activities, podcast, and other stuff. Yeah, other stuff. Other way stuff. To, way to keep it PG. Finally, you can support our efforts on Patreon. Until next time, get out there and go for a swim. Go for a run. Then another swim. Then another run. And then another swim. And then another run. And then just keep going. So you're done. So you're done. Or maybe can't stop stop. all stuff.